0: September 22nd, 2021, and I am Schaefer Spires, the medical director for Daysan. I'm an infectious disease physician, and today I'd like to talk to you guys about an article that was recently published in the Journal of Clinical Microbiology and Infection. It is currently just published online on September 9th, 2021, the name of the article is 7 versus 14-day course of antibiotics for the treatment of bloodstream infections by enterobacterialis, a randomized controlled trial. The authors of the study is led by Jose Molina on behalf of the shortened trial team. Now, many of you know that we recommend this duration of seven days in uncomplicated gram-negative bacteremia especially when the source is controlled and there's no immunocompromised, cetera. Now, this is based on several case series that have been published in the past several years, as well as two other randomized controlled trials published in the past two years. However, both of those randomized controlled trials were designed as non-inferiority trials, and they still did leave some questions, such as, does this apply to men with UTIs? Or what about immunocompromised patients? Or what about prostatitis? Thus, there are still further reasons for other randomized control trials. In order to more accurately balance the theoretical benefits of shortening antibiotic treatments, meaning reduced antibiotic adverse effects, superinfections like C. diff, thrush, versus potentially allowing for a worse outcome, this group out of Spain conducted this open-label, multi-center, randomized controlled trial in the years of 2014 through 2016. Now, whenever I look at any particular article or study that's potentially practice changing or it, that could potentially have an impact on my practice, I first want to look at who were the participants. Oh, can I, do they, does this study group look like my patients, the patients that I treat? And if they do, who are the ones that I definitely do not want to include? So let's go there. So these patients were all adult, 18 and over. They were inpatient and they all had gram-negative bacteremia or essentially uh, glucose fermenting, gram-negative bacteremia, such as E. coli, clepsia, but excluded those like Pseudomonas or Acinetobacter, for example. They also excluded uh, pregnant patients, those with an uncontrolled source of infection or that they weren't able to control the source within 24 hours. Those who were on chemotherapy and had neutropenia, so chemotherapy in itself was not an exclusion, but those who had neutropenia, HIV was not an exclusion, for instance. Uh, and so they excluded several other, I mean, they included other immunosuppressed patients. They did exclude uh, bloodstream infections that require prolonged treatment. Uh, well, from, from sources that require prolonged treatment like osteomyelitis, prostatitis. Um, they excluded polymicrobial bacteremias. They excluded those who also expected to die within 48 hours of randomization. They, they did exclude those who, carbop- who had carbapenemase-resistant enterobacterialis. And this is not necessarily just because we think that someone with CRE needs to be treated with longer, but it's because it's those who were treated with CRE probably did not get adequate empiric coverage for anemization. So it kind of complicates the analysis. They did include those with cephalosporin-resistant enterobacterialis. Uh, now, patients were randomized once the species of bacteremia was identified. This is typically within 20, I'm sorry, 48 to 72 hours of their presentation. This is notable because it's actually sooner than these two other previously published uh, clinical trials were uh, randomized. As most of these were randomized on, by day five or even day seven uh, of the presentation. These patients were followed for 28 days after stopping the antibiotic. So they were also called on the telephone on day 14 and day 28. Decisions on the choice of the agent and the oral step down, whether or not to use it or not, and when to discharge from the hospital and management of all complications were decided by the treating physician. They all required repeat blood cultures or negative repeat blood cultures at 48, 72 hours which is not something that we typically do or recommend in clinical practice, uh, <clears throat> except for exception, rare exceptions. And they all had to be clinically stable without any fevers for 48 hours before day seven. Now, the outcomes they looked at, first, the primary endpoint was measured total days of therapy for the patient. Clinical outcomes was resolution of all signs and symptoms of infection at the end of the follow-up. Also, secondary outcomes that looked at were crude mortality, superinfections, adverse events at the end of follow-up. And they did have a superiority design defined for the primary endpoint of days of therapy. And then they had an inferiority design for the clinical outcomes. It was a one-to-one randomization open label for pragmatic reasons they basically allow the physicians to treat as needed if they were not recovering so that sometimes makes you think you got to look at the difference between the intention to treat group versus a uh, per protocol analysis now this particular trial was interesting to me uh, not necessarily because it confirmed what previous trials said for shorter therapy, but they use the sensitivity analysis called desirability of outcome ranking and response adjusted for duration of antibiotics risk, shortened for door radar analysis. They perform this analysis post hoc. Now, this, was a, this was a paradigm that was published in 2015 by the ARLG group and now is becoming more and more commonly used in antibiotic Uh, intervention trials, because what it allows us to do is add on and adjust for the benefit of reducing antibiotic exposure in the clinical outcomes. Because if you think about it, and this is hard to explain without slideshow or something standing in front of you, but if you think about the adverse events of antibiotics, are a little more rare than the actual clinic, clinical outcomes of cure versus not. And so while maybe they're 10, 13, 15%, it's still more difficult to have an, a power, a sample size high enough to get enough power to determine if there is any significant difference between adverse events. And so what this does is assign a rank of global, Clinical outcomes. So if you think about it for a second, the best clinical outcome is that you have a clinical cure with no adverse events, and they assign that on the ordinal scale of one. The second best outcome will be a cure but one adverse event. Third best clinical outcome might be a cure with relapsing fever. Or, and then the other outcomes could be they were you're not cured or you died. And so <clears throat> there's not there's things that are better than just a cure. <clears throat> and that's what the door ranking attempts to assign for particular outcomes. And then the radar part tries to add on the benefit of reduced antibiotic exposure. And so if you have the best door ranking in this analysis would be you had a clinical cure without an adverse event and in a shorter duration of antibiotic days and so that and so what they do is they take the two different groups the true treatment groups and compare those and 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 define a probability the probability of having a better door score has to be better than those in the prolonged treatment group and so it should be above 50 percent that you would have a more preferred outcome if you were in the shorter treatment group. And that's what we're looking for in this particular uh, study. Now let's get into the results. There were 248 randomized patients. Uh, 231 of them were a- they were able to assess for both the primary and secondary outcomes. Baseline characteristics. Table one were notable for higher chronic kidney disease and uh, respiratory source in patients in the control group, which could potentially bias away from the null. Uh, There were also an increased number of urinary source patients in the uh, short treatment group. Uh, Good news is everyone, uh, the median length of therapy was seven in the experimental group and 14 in the control group. Now, for the non-inferiority, analysis results, there were no differences in mortality, relapse of bloodstream infection, or fever, or drug-related adverse events. So non-inferiority was met for all clinical outcomes except for the relapse of fever, which was just a tad more frequent in the short treatment group. But the absolute power between these two groups, the absolute risk difference was 0.2 percent. And so it's just a small number so that the confidence interval intervals were wide enough and crossed that 10%, 10% non-inferiority margin, so they just barely uh, were unmet. Now, when they were looking at the, for the superiority, they used the DOOR radar analysis and it showed that patients receiving the seven-day course had a 77.7% more probability to achieve better global clinical results. Which is considering all together clinical cure, adverse events, mortality, and antibiotic exposure. Now remember, we were just looking for anything above fifty percent, and this is seventy-seven percent. Now, without having uh, something in front of you, I, I do want to explain a few things. Uh, in the in the seven-day group, there was I, I alluded to earlier a little bit higher percent of them had cure with relapsing fever. So it was 10.8 versus 5.6 in the 14-day group. However, cure without se- uh, severe adverse event occurred in uh, in the short group more often. Now, all of that being said, in conclusions, the results of the study suggest that not only is the seven-day treatment course for for Enterobacterialis bacteremia, when the source is controlled, is not inferior for most of these clinical outcomes, but that it is actually probably the preferred strategy whenever adequate source control occurs. Now, as I mentioned a second ago, there is a possible need of retreating a very limited number of patients after a short course without clinical impact on the final outcomes. So those patients all just because they had a a relapsing fever, they still had cure. So it didn't impact actual clinical outcomes at days 14 and 28. Now this can't be ignored, but this risk seems to be overcome by the benefits of shortening the antibiotic treatment as determined by this door radar analysis. Now, this is the third of of uh, randomized controlled trials for grandom, gram-negative bacteremia. They, uh, all of these trials had very similar groups that they studied. Uh, I would say this particular trial, the Jose Molina trial in Spain did include more immunosuppressed patients. They seemed to include more sicker patients and they included cephalosporin-resistant bloodstream infections that these other two trials excluded. The other uh, interesting thing that I noted is that they also include, they, they randomize these patients a little sooner than the other trials, which means they, they could, <clears throat> could include more severe patients without biasing uh, towards, uh, uh, against include, including uh, the sicker patients. Now, in reality, there are going to be patients who need more than seven days of treatment. Um, Those who are not clinically responding after a few days, for example, if you're still in shock at day five, this is not somebody that you would necessarily lump into the seven-day treatment uh, group. Uh, Those with respiratory sources tend to be those at at higher risk of failure. Um, And When we think about applying these particular results to our population, it is good to continue to think about those patients who were excluded. Um, Now, while this trial was not powered to assess for the risk of treatment related events, they are very few. And this is, remember, this is the point of the door radar analysis. They did have a trend towards more adverse events in a longer treatment group as seen in other studies. And so the... Uh, risk and the probability for uh, that preferred the lower the shorter treatment group is all consistent with previous studies and with what these data are showing. Now, uh, going forth, I think it's a reasonable to think that the standard for most patients will be seven-day treatment for gram negatives. Uh, again, these are gram-negative enterobacterialis, uh order. Uh, however, there are going to be exceptions. And um, if you are interested in developing uh, clinical guidelines in your particular facilities based on this data, please reach out to your Dayson liaison. And uh, we are all more than willing to help and we are all more than willing to help uh, interact with clinicians uh, who would like to understand this data better.